Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This is Amber and the podcast channel is Sacred Space Healing. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I'm a Reiki master teacher and shamanic practitioner and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. These podcasts are here to assist you on your journey of wellness, spirituality, empowerment and self-knowing. The website again is sacredspacehealing.org. So welcome to everyone who listens in. Thank you for all your lovely messages of support. They're always very gratefully received. And um, welcome to anyone that's new who's listening in as well. For those of you that would like to support the podcast channel, um, all content is free and I'd like to keep it that way and it's not affiliated with any organization or any uh, shadowy backers uh, pulling strings. So it's an individual sharing um, information that hopefully will assist you on your journey. So all donations go back into creating more free content. Um, you can head over to the website, sacredspacehealing.org. There's a drop-down menu and there's a donations button there and you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to. I like to keep these podcasts real. There's sometimes a bit of music. More often than not, there isn't. There's no marketing team or PR team. Um, it's just me, my laptop and a microphone as if we were having a conversation, as if we were in session together, really. So you'll hear birdsong, you'll hear doors slamming, you'll hear me trip over my words, but I really believe in the authenticity of that. And it's all unedited as well. And there's no agenda. It's just here to assist you. Uh, today's podcast, I would like to shine a light on distance healing. So it's sometimes called distance healing or remote healing. And it's quite a a, uh, unusual topic for me to shine a light on because it's not as complex as I tend to get in these podcasts but um, in the times that we're in uh, with lockdowns and so forth and uh, difficulty with accessing the healing or the treatments that we, we might want to or more and more people going online it seems like this is becoming a thing really. Um, in terms of my own journey I first, uh, just to give a bit of background, I first encountered distance healing as a recipient over 10 years ago I mean probably you know 15 years ago or so and um, that was when I was training in Reiki so I was training to be a Reiki healer and I first actually first encountered distance healing uh, before I attuned to angelic Reiki so I'm Reiki master teacher in angelic Reiki and I'm also attuned to levels one and two in Uzui Reiki and I, hadn't, I had had distance Reiki before from my first Reiki master uh, in Uzui Reiki. And then I'd gone on and had angelic Reiki and they were very different energies. So I'd ha probably had about three or four uh, distance Reiki sessions, healing sessions, before I was stepping into then offering them myself. So as a recipient, here's what I can share um, from my very kind of naive, um, you know, uh, stepping tentatively into something new perspective at the time. When I first encountered Reiki or energy healing, it wasn't really anything I had a resonance with. I mean, I, I was connected to, I did believe that there, you know, there were spirits and that there were realms that we didn't always understand and, or, or see even, but it, what, Reiki wasn't something that was on my radar, basically. I thought it was a bit of a con. I didn't understand how someone putting their hands on you or sending you distance healing could be real. And um, then one day I got a healing, and it was from uh, a friend. In fact, her, a friend's uh, mother had trained in Reiki, and I was having a difficult time, and I was off 
uh, going for an interview and uh, my, my friend, my mate said to me, listen, do you want my mum to send you a Reiki bubble? I didn't know what a Reiki bubble was, but I was like, listen, I'll take all the good energy I can take because I want to get this job. So she said, what time are you going in for your interview? And I'll get her to send the Reiki bubble then. I gave the time. So at the appointed time, the interview was actually running late. And I went to the ladies to check my makeup and to get ready and wash my hands and so on before going into the interview. And at the appointed time for the Reiki bubble, I remember feeling this incredible energy in my body, like this, just this feeling of love and positivity. And I remember looking in the mirror and feeling so confident and actually loving what I was seeing, you know, loving, loving me, just feeling just, just filled with light and love is the only way to describe it. And I'd, I'd never really had that feeling before outside of um, doing something that I really enjoyed or, you know, partying or clubbing back in my youth. Um, uh, so it was, it was quite an experience to have it at, you know, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Um, while checking my mascara uh, in the ladies. So afterwards, after my interview, my mate checked in with me, and she said, how did it go? And I said, oh, I felt really great, blah, blah, blah. And um, she said, my mum sent the Reiki bubble at this time. Did you feel it? And I said, yes, at exactly that time, I felt this incredible wave of energy take over me, and it was beautiful. I felt loved and held and protected and, and powerful and safe and and, and that was it. That was my first experience of it, of energy healing at a distance. And then later on, I used to get um, distance healings from my Reiki master when I was training with her. And then when I, uh, before I tuned to angelic Reiki, I received another um, healing from another angelic Reiki master. And that was my inspiration, my kind of um, turning point in then attuning to angelic Reiki and becoming a Reiki master teacher myself. And all of those experiences were different. The energy was different each time, but every experience that I had was joyous and profoundly healing. And um, in many ways, shockingly healing, as in, you know, here you are miles away from the healer. You know, you're not on the phone with them. They're not looking at a photo of you. You're not Zoom, doing a Zoom call or anything. You're just tucked up, you know, comfortable, comfortably in your bed or on the sofa or whatever, and you're open to receiving energy. And all of a sudden, you feel this incredible energy move through your body that is healing and restorative and um, meditative sometimes. I mean, it, all of those experiences for me were really transforming um, and, and sort of sealed the deal for me in understanding that um, distance healing works. Then when I was training to be a, a, a Reiki healer, I was doing my case studies. I did case studies in in-person sessions, and then I did case studies in distance sessions. And my very first distance session uh, was set up with someone that I knew, a friend. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I had my doubts. I thought, this isn't going to work. <laughs> what is this? You know, here's this person all the way across the city, and I'm going to send them healing. But I did everything that my Reiki master told me to do. I followed all the protocol. And I sent the healing and I went into a deep meditative state actually and started to feel a lot of different sensations in my body, um, different pains and so forth. Uh, and, and also started to have different thoughts, like different emotions run through me. Um, I wasn't sure what they were, but I, I noted them, I clocked them, I journaled them afterwards. And then when I connected in with the recipient, with this friend, and I 
you know, said the healing is over, is there anything you want to share? Their feedback was incredible. You know, they fed back that they'd felt energy move through their body, they'd had emotions move through them, they'd had pain dissipate, and that some of the stuff I had been feeling, in fact, a lot of the stuff I'd been feeling in my body, I was picking up on them. And so that was my first experience um, as a healer to send healing, to recognize, to acknowledge that it actually works, and that it works in such a simple way that the as long as you follow the protocol which the healer follows, and the intention is clear and the recipient is willing and open to receiving, that it is an instantaneous result, if you like, and that there is actually no difference between, um, no tangible difference in the quality between an in-person session and a distance session. So those are my ex personal experiences of distance healing, and I wanted to give that, share that as background, that, you know, I came to this as a skeptic, both as a recipient and as a healer. <laughs> you know, I like to know, I like to experience things to know that the truth of them, and I think that's how we come to our truths is through experience rather than intellectualizing or being told that we need to believe something. If it works for us, then it becomes our truth. But distance healing for me, you know, now as a practitioner um, and as a teacher is something that I'm really passionate about because it can transcend a lot. So um, I started taking the majority of my work online um, over seven years ago I mean, it was around 2014 and there were lots of reasons for that lots of reasons but um, one of the main reasons was that I found I could reach more people so what opened up was that I now have uh, people that I work with clients all over the world that ordinarily would never get a chance to experience working with me they'd never get a chance to experience the healing or the coaching any of the you know transformational journeys that they go on Majority of my clients are based in the States, but, you know, they're also all across Europe, all across North America, um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, sometimes we have to juggle to make time zones work, but that's the only juggling that we're doing. So that was a, a massive shift for me in terms of the healing work and the, and the desire to reach as many people as possible and help as many people as possible. But I also really fell in love with distance and remote healing because of the pressure it takes off the whole process. So not to bore you with details, but it takes a lot of process off the healer in terms of hiring and renting rooms and being limited by time and space and, and lots of other things, noise levels and so on. And in a city, that is a challenge. But predominantly what I love about it is it takes the pressure off the recipient. It means that if you are booked in if someone is booked in for a distance healing, you don't have to leave your house, number one, or your, or your safe space, whatever that is. You can just be where you are. So there's no traveling, there's no getting on trains and buses, sitting in traffic. There's no worrying about being late, really. Um, you have that complete freedom that you can put the music on that you want or the, burn the incense that you want or get into your gym jams or get into bed or lie on the sofa or, you know, lie on the floor on a yoga mat, like whatever feels right for you, that the healing can overrun. And sometimes and often they do. And that, you know, the recipient, again, can really soak that in and not have to worry that now they, they're on their lunch break or they've got to go and travel across town in rush hour. They can just be in that space and then enjoy that space afterwards. You know, get up, have a cup of tea, have a bath, whatever it is. I love the beauty of that. 
obviously, I think for some people, it isn't as workable as this. these scenarios are that I'm painting because some people don't want to be in their home environment because it's not conducive for healing. Uh, maybe there's people there that they don't want to overhear or um, walk into the room or maybe they don't feel comfortable in their home. Uh, maybe there's not enough privacy. So there's sometimes there are reasons why people don't want to be in their own home and they want to go somewhere to receive a healing. But most of the time, it's a really beautiful, nourishing, nurturing experience. And one of the things, the main things that I found with remote and distance healing is that you can go so much deeper. And in a sense, that is because the recipient is in their own space, but also because you're not constrained by time. You know, when you're in a session with any kind of practitioner, sometimes you can run over, absolutely. But a lot of times you can't because they have someone booked in straight after or the room is being rented out and someone else needs that room. Now, when I book in people to work with in terms of distance healings, I do them on certain days and I spread them out because I can, because I'm in my own space and I'm not constrained by anything. So I don't have someone who's knocking on my door um, saying, you know, your next client is here. When I get very booked out, it is a challenge and I, and I keep to time limits as much as possible. But there's a lot more freedom here to run over if the session needs to run over, for the healing to continue. And sometimes it does need to continue and that becomes part of the session. But also the going deeper, I find that there's something when we are not, um, when we're not physically in a space with someone. Sometimes, a lot of times, people feel that it's a lot easier for them to express emotion. So if a, if a healing causes them to release you know, grief or tears of some kind or laughter or something, or they want to burp or they want to fart or they want to you know, scratch themselves, they can because they're not being polite in front of the healer. And I think that's very freeing and often why um, you can go a lot deeper with remote and distance healing. I absolutely understand the desire for face-to-face and I think that we are moving into a space where it's dangerous territory to do diagnosis and everything online. Um, And I think there's lots of things where we need to have physical contact and we need to be in the same room in the same space and nothing will ever um, replace that. You know, you can do physio, for example, you can do physiotherapy exercises at home, but nothing will replace having someone in the room with you, you know, actually physically redirecting you and manipulating you in the moment that you uh, possibly come out of alignment and you can do therapy online uh, on the phone or on video call but nothing's going to change the magic and the power of being in a room with your therapist and the energy between the two of you and I think that's really really still important when we mustn't lose that but the realm of energy healing is different because it's always been energy so with Reiki or even shamanism, you know, the tools around it, like, you know, lie on the table and my hands, you know, someone, the practitioner's hands will be slightly above your body and you'll feel the energy and candles and incense and all that. That's all kind of paraphernalia because the bottom line of things like Reiki and shamanism is energy and energy is timeless and energy isn't confined to a room. It's not confined to one space. It can travel distances. So I feel with Reiki and shamanism that Actually, it can work and does work spectacularly well in a remote and distant distant context 
because it's very nature is about that. Whereas a lot of the other modalities where their very nature is very physical um, and very um, practical, to then translate it into something that's more removed and more distant, I think, can sometimes lose something. But with Reiki and shamanism and with energy healing, that's not the case. Now, I think it's something that we have to just get our heads around or, if you like, leave our heads to one side and just experience it. Because if you try and understand it, maybe you can't. The best way that I've ever understood it and then tried to explain it is that it's like the energy of love. You know, we don't see love. Love's not a thing. We don't pick it up and go, oh, look, there's love and I'm going to give it to you. It's an energy. It's a feeling. And we feel it. We know it. We know when we're in the presence of love and joy. And similarly, we know when we're in the presence of sadness or grief. Or, but I think, you know, the more positive experiences like love and joy have a very uh, immediate effect on us, right? And so healing for me is that. It's the energy of love, unconditional love. And because that energy that emotion, that thought form can travel time and space, that's how the healing works. Um, we can be thinking of someone and sending them good thoughts and they'll feel it. And we can also be sending them bad thoughts and they'll feel it. You know, energy is energy, irrespective of whether we label it good or bad. So for me, energy, healing, uh, distance healing is that. It's There's, there's nothing... Um, so kind of fantastical about it other than when you think about someone and you send them good thoughts they feel it so that translate that into a healing that's that's pretty much what's happening on a very simplistic level although the healer is doing a lot of other things and, and clearing energy fields and and so forth um, and that's you know that's a kind of very sacred private personal setup for the healer but in terms of being a recipient it is that simple, that good thoughts and good energy can come your way uh, and we can feel them and they can transform our lives. Um, so uh, some people have a resistance uh, in some ways to remote healing, either because they don't believe it exists or um, they've never experienced it before or they don't understand how it could possibly happen or they feel that it's gonna, they feel that it's going to be better to be with the healer. One of the things that I was starting to notice when I was in private practice and seeing uh, clients in, in person was this, there was this kind of desire. I think, some, I think we have been conditioned to have, um, uh, to veer towards gurudom, you know, to sort of feel if I am in the presence of this person that it will be a healing and my life will change. We've been conditioned to believe that. Uh, is it true? Isn't it true? It's not for me to say, but it's not a very healthy conditioning. So what I was finding was that some individuals had this very strongly held belief that they would only heal if they were in my presence because I was the healer. And that the, well, what they needed to do was be in the room with me and shake my hand and be around my energy and somehow that would transform them. Now, in many ways, that is true. When we start working with healers or with anyone, we are merging energy fields, and if their energy field is of a high vibration, we're going to feel better the minute we merge with their energy field. Um, and that's why we can feel addicted to certain people. And that's certainly why we feel better around certain people. But to feel that the only way you can receive a healing is to be in the presence of someone, I think, is quite unhealthy. Um, and it's unhealthy because it's looking at healing in the wrong way 
or um, an unhealthy way, let's say. All the healer ever does is redirect you and connect you to your source of healing and your remembrance of well-being. So it isn't about feeding off the healer because they are the channel for the energy. Now, as the channel for the energy, they can be anywhere. They don't have to be sat in front of you. They're the channel. It's a frequency that is passing through them and into you because you have chosen them to assist you in remembering the truth of who you are. And I think the confusion comes where there is a belief, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that if you're around this person, you'll feel better. If you're in the same space as them, you'll feel better. But it's not the person, they're the channel. It's the energy that is coming through them that is going to benefit you. Um, and so what, that was one of the things that I was starting to see happen in private practice was that the, the, the more my practice was growing and the podcast channel was growing and so forth and books were out there, people felt that they needed to be around me in order to get the healing and it wasn't true. And it was sort of creating a very dysfunctional um, aspect in their healing. Um, and I was also seeing that for lots of clients it was, you know, keeping to certain times was tricky lunch breaks, rush hours, uh, sometimes being late. Um, and that for some clients, you know, also it was tipping into uh, becoming like a spa retreat, you know, becoming like another appointment. You know, Monday I've got to get my nails done, Wednesday I go to the hairdresser, Thursday I have a Reiki session, or whatever. And that, that's not how I view healing. So it was, it was becoming part of a social calendar, and um, again, the act of going to a place can create that. Um, sometimes, I remember uh, someone once saying that they loved coming for the, our healing sessions because they loved the area where I was working. And they had a little routine. They'd turn up, they'd get a coffee, they'd buy a magazine, they'd come for the session, they'd look around the shops after. And they were falling in love more with the area than actually focusing on the healing because actually in the healing sessions it was very aware that they weren't doing the homework and they weren't honouring themselves. This had become another um, thing to do, you know, that was nice. And yes, there is a healing within that, absolutely. But for me, it was diluting the power of the work. And I found that the moment I transitioned online, it was seamless. And the work went so much deeper. And in fact, when I work, I don't use video calling, it's just phone calls. I've only used video calling maybe once, um, uh, once or twice. And I, I, I don't necessarily think it made a massive difference. In fact, I think it probably diluted the process because there's this whole idea, again, of being seen and wanting to be seen a certain way. And so I think in remote work, that is out of the equation. You know, as a recipient, you don't have to be seen a certain way. Yes, your voice carries a frequency, but it's about your words, it's about what you have to say. And I think in a society where we are so consumed with how we're seen, how we're perceived, the clothes that we wear, um, and so forth, uh, it's very liberating to not have that. And there wasn't always a time like that. And I remember when I was training and sitting in circle and, and going for healings that, you know, a lot of this stuff wasn't as present as it is now. But I'm very aware how present it is now for people. Cost, like a costume, how you're seen, how you come across. And I don't believe in that for the work. So again, distance and remote healing is very freeing. I found when I was in private practice that there was an expectation of how I should look as a healer. 
how I should dress. Um, and I think this expectation creates a falsehood and it creates a lot of bullshit, to be fair. I always dressed comfortably and in a way that enabled the work to happen. And I had a lot of teachers who were, um, who, who were just normal dressers. Like they weren't doing the whole, I've got a feather in my hair and I've put some sparkle on my face and I've dressed like a goddess. Like they were just dressed like, you know, they were going to the shops. And I love that about it. I love that kind of down to earth humility about it. And yet I think there is this expectation that again has been set up by social media predominantly when we walk into a healing session, everything has to look plinky-plonky and look a certain way. And that's, you know, that's just the icing. I mean, you could just eat the icing if you want, but we want the cake, you know? We want the whole deal. So I find remote and distance healing incredibly liberating, freeing, and empowering. And um, I sometimes feel like I have to, uh, you know, convince people that it works. But all I can say is, if you're interested in remote and distance healing, is to just give it a go. You may feel nothing. That doesn't mean the healing hasn't happened. But it may, it may not be right for you. You may very much need the paraphernalia. And that's fine. And it's important that we follow what feels good for us. But you may be really pleasantly surprised. And the liberation that comes with that, I think, is incredible. Because you can get a healing anywhere at any time then. You know, you're not constrained. Um, and uh, it's, it's definitely worth experiencing um, the magic of that to see if it's something that could really start to enrich your life because I believe it really does. Um, there's so much to say around distance healing and I love teaching it and when I teach it in classes students are, are just, they fall in love with it instantly because they make that connection and they can feel that the energy is moving and um, the experience between doing that and having an in-person session is two very different things but they're not competing with each other. They're just two very different things that have a very similar um, end result, which is healing and empowerment um, and, and the clearing of denser energies and so forth. I do offer remote healing. It's not one of the main things that I offer, but it is there on the website. So if it calls to you, you can check it out, sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Um, but I hope this assists in shining a light on something that is still, I think, shrouded in a little bit of mystery and a, and a little bit of confusion and misinformation. Um, there's so much more to say, and I am going to be doing a Q&A podcast. So if you have questions around remote healing and you would like them answered, then drop them um, in an email to amber at sacredspacehealing.org or head to the website and all the contact details are there. Um, and I'll do my best to answer those questions in the Q&A podcast when it comes up. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace, abundance and contentment until the next time.